Well, good afternoon, Second City. Um, I'm so sorry not to be able to be delivering the sermon live to you today. Uh, some of you will know that uh, both myself and Nehemiah have uh, not been very, very well, which has meant that um, I'm not um, really able to come and preach live to you. But what I've wanted to do is to give you a short introduction to this new series that we're doing. And uh, it's a series where we're going to be in the Beatitudes and we're going to be thinking about this idea of the upside down kingdom. Now, the uh, Beatitudes are an introduction to a bigger discourse that Jesus gives called the Sermon on the Mount. And in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, it contains some of the most radical teaching that Jesus uh, um shared and his time on earth particularly culturally religiously culturally uh, the stuff that he was speaking about was taking the old testament law the mosaic law and really in reinterpreting it in a fresh and true way uh, for for the religious people this was very threatening but for the average person as they heard this it was like releasing a burden off them uh, they started to see the law no longer as something that was to uh, be around their neck and to be like a burden, but now it was made for them to flourish. And it was made for them to, to recognize that they needed God, they needed God's grace day after day. And there was a way and a means in which they could go and receive grace through the temple sacrificial uh, system. When we come to sort of the Beatitudes, we're going to be discovering that there are eight characteristics or qualities and I suppose they're like Christ's own specification of what every Christian ought to be like. Now we're not saying that we will be, um, he's expected every Christian to be perfectly like that but that but we should be ought to be like this and um, they come as a group not as individuals so in one sense one can't say well you know I'm, I'm meek and merciful uh, but I'm, I'm not pure in heart or I'm pure in heart uh, but I'm, I'm not a very good peacemaker um, I suppose a bit like the fruits of the spirit they come as a package they are the likely um, result of coming to God and having um, him in, in your life and him in charge of your life is that these are the characteristics that we should show um, after we become saved in Christ. Now, some of them also refer to the, the necessary um, realities of, of coming to Christ, like this particular, like this first one, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. But also it's not just about being blessed in and, and poor in spirit to come to Christ. No, it's it's about those who are poor in spirit are blessed because they continue to uh, be humble uh, before the Lord. And you'll get opportunity a little bit later uh, or a few moments really to to dig into that passage and have some um, extended discussion time to, together. So I suppose a bit like Paul's list of the fruits of the Spirit, the idea is that these are characteristic qualities that ripen over time. They, they help us grow and change. And so in that way, they're, they're unlike the gifts of the Spirit, which um, God gives to each one different gifts to serve the whole body. No, these are characteristics that every one of us should have. So in one sense, there's no excuse or no escape from the responsibility uh, and desiring these characteristics in in our lives. 
Now they're going to be played out in different ways. So for instance, imagine a stick of rock. I don't know if you've ever seen people working with sweets and toffees or a stick of rock. Uh, they will take lots of different um, um, sugars um, and they'll colour them and they'll pull them, twist them, put them together, twist them, pull them um, to make fancy patterns. They're, they're very good at this. Uh, but when you crack it, you get some of the colour in each. And if you crack it somewhere else, it looks slightly different, but it's the same colours running through it, just looking slightly different. Well, that's the same with us. Um, these are the characteristics. They run through all of our, our lives. Uh, they're there. They're just shown maybe in, in, in uh, differently through each of us. So we're not just talking about being exactly the same, but through our character, through our background, through our culture, we're expressing these characteristics or qualities that uh, Jesus desires of his followers. So, so they're, they're the kind of characteristics that he desires of his followers, but also we could say, because it's all about God's people, it's also about the characteristics of his kingdom. Um, it's the reality of what it would look like if uh, his people lived in, in this way. And so we want to be a community that expresses being poor in spirit or being meek or being hungry for righteousness, being pure in, in heart, uh, being peacemakers, being those who deal with persecution in a godly manner. Uh, I suppose we might be asking the question, what, what might it look like for Second City to hunger for righteousness or to be peacemakers in our culture and in our societies? So not only are they individual characteristics, but also they are characteristics that when we come together, God wants us to express and, and work out. Now attached to each of these qualities, you'll find that there is a promise uh, and it comes in the form of a, of a blessing. So we have eight qualities uh, describe every Christian, um, at least the ideal reality. And so then we have eight blessings that are given to every Christian. And again, these are some things that are the fruit of um, the, um, the uh, exhibiting the the the, uh, the qualities or the characters. Now, the Greek word for, for this word blessed is happy. And um, and often it's been translated in, in various versions as happy, but it can be slightly misleading because in one sense, happiness is a subjective state. One feels happy and then you fill in the because. But here, Jesus is not just, he's not particularly making a subjective reality. He's making an objective judgment. He's saying this, look, if you have these characteristics, you know, you will be happy. And in, in, and then declares what that blessing is going to be. And it's really not how, how they feel about themselves. It's really about how God feels about them. Because God thinks of them um, and because God is favours upon them, they are blessed. So um, these blessings are attached. I mean, again, they should be taken together as a group that these are the realities of what it might be to be God's people and the blessings that we all get. They should be taken as a group, but also the the blessing and the characteristic are in some way linked. So, for instance, ble uh, blessed are the those who mourn, for they will be comforted. So there's a link between mourning 
and being comforted. Be- um, um, blessed are those who hunger for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Do you see how those link together? And so they they help us see that there is a connection between the way in which we live for God and the fruit that comes with it and the, and the, and the way in which God satisfies us through what he's doing in us and, th- and through us. And so I suppose it's another way of my saying it might be, it's just the natural consequence. Those who hunger for righteousness, God promises, I will satisfy you. Those who, who mourn um, the things of this world that are wrong, uh, those who 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 um, mourn loss and hate evil, they're going to be comforted by God. It's a, again, it's a a promise from God. So these eight qualities together constitute kind of the responsibilities. This is how we are to to live, uh, and the eight um, blessings constitute essentially the privileges of being citizens of the kingdom of God. And when you bring all these together, they create this upside down kingdom, this reality that is otherly, that is not like the world in which we live in. And I think it's just so attractive. And one of the reasons why we were talking through this is like, how can we be this type of community? How can we live in this way? You know, let's have discussion. Let's talk about that. Let's reimagine. Let's think about what it might mean to reorientate ourselves around these sort of priorities and then let's trust that the Lord will produce the fruit in us uh, that he, he says here that becomes attractive to those people who don't know Jesus. That's important because the kingdom of God is good news. It's both good news in our justification, but it's also good news in our sanctification and our experience of sanctification, God's work in our lives in the here and now. And I suppose that brings me on to the next part is you know, how are we to see these things? Are we to see these things as future? Um, theologians sometimes describe it like this, uh, pie in the sky when you die, or is it more steak on the plate while you wait? Is it for the here and now? And the answer is clearly both. It's for the now and the then. Um, they're, they're the first, whilst the first and the eighth um, um, Beatitudes speak speak about theirs is um the rest talk about say they shall um but i think it's not they shall as in it's about the future it's almost like a promise they shall experience it it's a promise that they should get so there's some of these things that we're experiencing here and now um and we 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 get to benefit from them but we will fully take hold of them fully enjoy them when Christ comes again and when we're in his kingdom. So in a sense, it's like a foretaste. You're saying these blessings, uh, these characteristics will come into fulfillment and you will have them holy. And these blessings, these will come into fulfillment when Christ comes again. And so now we just experience and take hold of a little bit of the taste of that for now. And then finally, just again, just to, to, to just one more thing, just for clarification as we read through, uh, these is are these uh, um, 
that the root of justification or the fruit of sanctification, well, I think I've probably made that clear already, but I think it's worth bringing out again to say that Jesus here isn't a teaching, uh, a doctrine of salvation by human merit or by good works. No, he's uh, preaching that the reality is that these characteristics are the characteristics of those who will be part of his kingdom. He's not saying, if you have these, I promise you'll get salvation. No, salvation comes through grace alone, through faith alone in what Christ has done for us. But those who take hold of it by grace alone, through faith alone, have these characteristics. And the first one that we're looking at today is obviously just a, a, an absolute uh, necessity that as we think about being poor in spirit, we, we realize that unless we meet, uh, unless we admit our utter need for him, our spiritual bankruptcy, our inability to come to him, there's no way of being part of his kingdom of God. It's only those who confess that they, they need Christ's salvation, that they aren't good enough, that they need his merit uh, because they have no merit of their own and no way of making up that merit and that they recognize that good works are no good for doing that, um, then there can be no inheriting of the kingdom of God. Uh, maybe one of the questions that you might look at today is just what is the place of, of, of taking people um, to, to this recognition of, 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 of true humility before God for salvation. And how do we do that in the context of evangelism? Well, I'm not going to give you the answer now for that, but maybe that's something that you might be able to talk about. Why is it so important that we tell people the bad news, as in you need Christ, you are spiritually bankrupt for them to come to Christ? And how does that relate to them continuing on with Christ um, to receive the blessing of inheriting the kingdom of God as they as they follow in day by day because the same attitude of poor in spirit that that's needed to come to Christ is the same attitude that's needed to continue to follow him by by grace so what you know how does that relate to our evangelism and in our presentation of 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 the gospel so then just in summary, just to, 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 to finish, um, you know, as we look through the Beatitudes, uh, my hope is that we'll start to see some of the characteristics of what it means to be a follower of Christ and that we'll then take that and think about how we might apply that to being the people of God in this world and how those blessings um, are so needed by the world in which we we need, it, need, need us, that we don't get those blessings by effort or by merit, but uh, God bespose, I can't even say that word, <laughs> upon them upon us, um, at the overflow of his grace. Um, these characteristics are not there to, to beat us down, they're to set an example, they're kind of like a new law. Uh, they show us that we can't do it without God, that we need his grace, but it also points us to the standard of which God wants us to live towards. And so we're not crushed by that, but we're inspired by that. We're, we're motivated to say, yes, I, I want to be more uh, pure in heart. I want to, to, be, to search and hunger after righteousness more, more than I do now. And we all do that by God's grace and by the power of the spirit that he's given us to, to do that. So I hope this has been a helpful introduction for you into this series. I'm really looking forward to it. 
Uh, I'm really looking forward for us being t together and being able to talk about this and discuss this uh, face to face. But for, for now, uh, we continue to do that live uh, as we stream and then also in our Zoom calls. So God bless you. May God be with you. And I look forward to speaking to you again. God bless.